Hello everyone and welcome to All Blaze No Glory, the podcast. A uh, little review of the France-Scotland game. Quick review of the France-Scotland game and then a look ahead to the France-Scotland uh, game away. Um, and uh, the squad we might pick and a little bit talk about the 33 uh, that we might take to the World Cup. Um, so let's talk about the, the France-Scotland game and let's talk about the first half very briefly. Um, the first three minutes of the first half, I thought <laughs> Scotland could put a score on France here. Um, you know, we worked our way into their half, we took the points. I was actually one of the first times I've sort of thought to myself maybe that wasn't the right decision. I only thought it wasn't the right decision because it was a, a warm-up game and not a and not a Six Nations game or or a World Cup game. Um and then after that, for 37 minutes we were woeful. There was a lot of things went wrong for us. Ben White getting that tackle that you know people are saying it should have been a yellow card. I, I do actually think it should have been. And Ben White um, also uh, then trying to play for about 20 minutes whilst he was clearly not right and didn't help matters. Um, I didn't think anyone really shown. I thought Duhan got us out of trouble uh, on several occasions. I do not think that that meant that he should have been man of the match, but I equally don't think Kinghorn should have been man of the match um, at the end of the game. But it was France's second team and people will bring that up. But the thing is, that's a good bunch of players from France. A lot of those players, if they were from another country, say from England, Wales or whatever, or even Scotland to an extent, might be knocking on the door to get in those. Some of them might be in those teams. Um, you know, like Jalibert, for example, I think could play would jump straight into England's 10 role if he was English, you know. Um, so we can't go there and say, well, that was, you know, just France's second team. To come back, to nil them in the second half and to win the second half 22 nothing, um, is massively impressive, especially since we played at 14 men for the majority of the second half. I mean, um, first and foremost, before we get to Xander's red card, I just want to say, I like the new yellow card system. How much quicker was the TMO in reviewing Xander's foul play than normal? Like, we didn't have to sit and suffer as we all realised it was a red card, apart from the referee replaying it 17 billion times and going, yeah, it's a red card. I went, right, okay, foul play meets the threshold, you're on report, off you go, TMO review, red card. It was so much quicker <laughs> than the uh, than the red the you know the um, the normal faff that we have in these things. Uh, took the pressure off Ben O'Keefe. I thought Ben O'Keefe actually had a really good game. To be honest with you, I know it was a couple of things that he missed at the end that had me jumping out my seat, but we got past it. So you know it was got us there. But um, yeah, if Scotland can avoid playing like they played in the first half and play like they played in the second half, I think they can go toe-to-toe with most teams but you can't give teams leads like that and it seems to be a thing we do against France because we've done it against France in the Six Nations as well um, that being said um, a good win uh, a lot of players put their hand up a lot of the frontline players in the second half certainly showed why they're the frontline players and why they're probably the first names on the team sheet um, the Darcy, Darcy try what people said it was a knock-on um, this is where I think rugby should kind of try and get the referees to give an on-field decision where they've had sight of something. Um, because if the ref, if Ben O'Keefe went, 
on-field decision try, then the TMO, you know, using the NFL adage, would have to find, in my opinion, clear and conclusive evidence to overturn that. If he'd said on-field no try, then vice versa. Everyone in the stadium knows it's got to be conclusive. Everyone at home is kicking off because people are saying, oh, it was separation. Now, as far as I understand the law, if he's pushing the ball forward and his hand is on it as it touches the turf and his hand is on it, that is a try. Um, because he's not locked it on, it's down. It's about the downward pressure. And as long as it, it can be downward and forward, as long as it's downward pressure whilst the ball is in contact with the grass. If he slaps it and it bounces and then he puts it down, it's obviously not a try, that's, that's straightforward. Um, so, you know, the separation, the, se- the important point of separation is the separation between the ball, hand and turf. So if the if your hand is off the ball as it hits the turf, there's no try and it's a knock-on. Um, personally, I don't particularly care. I think we had an advantage and I would have anticipated the way that we played in the second half, they'd have scored. Um, and then, uh, so that, that try I thought was pretty well worked. Got a little bit lucky with the bounce, but that's the poacher in Darcy Graham um, and that's why he's so invaluable to the squad because... Um, he can make things happen out of nothing. He's got great pace, um, and if, as we saw, or he's he's tackling Dulan. Uh, he can make tackles as well. Um, so after that try, obviously twenty one ten, I think I started to feel a bit better about things. Even if we didn't win from there, it was uh, you know I was like, well, at least they've sort of responded after second half, and it's a bit different. Then. Two or three times we went up the pitch and things got called back. Um, Xander's red card was a red card, absolutely. Um, and he'll now be banned and we'll come on to whether or not, you know, I've had some horrendous takes on Twitter about, about Xander. Um, he'll now be banned, but I think that could be a positive depending on how long the ban is and I'll, I'll go into that later. Um, but then we responded well from that and one of the good things was we didn't have a scrum for a while so we were able to keep on our full back row and just play with a hooker hooker prop combo rather than having to bring on a prop um, and actually that worked really well um, because our back row started cooking they were making yards they were making you know they were doing really well Dempsey for me was outstanding in that game in the, in the, uh, in the second half in particular Um and Mish, I thought, played the best I've seen him play probably in a year or so. So we then get our second try, and it was good to see that like, although we were a little bit bullied in the first half, the forwards started to front up and make yards and make holes, and then we got um, Schumann, who I thought was short at first, but we got the, as I am now coining the phrase, the biltong bounce um, for him to, to get over the line. Uh, and he... Um, for me, uh, that typified how much we've turned things around from the first half because although Dar- Darcy's try was kind of opportunistic, it was kind of a bit of thin, you know, ingenuity with a class bit of Darcy finishing, whereas the the, the Pierre Schumann one was grunt. It was building through the phases and, 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 and getting the ball over the line. Um, and then obviously there was to be a scrum and we changed our whole front row and I think this is where, to me, Dave Cherry showed that he's sometimes worth his weight in gold because not only did the scrum hold um, with seven against eight, um, he also 
uh, Dave Cherry came on, the line-out instantly started functioning better. So in the first half, there was a number of, and you know, sometimes there are miscommunications and it's on the jumper more than the hooker, but the hooker's always the one that gets blamed. There was a throw to Richie Gray that was almost at his belly button in one of the attacking opportunities we had in the first half with Ashman. I don't think Ashman played particularly well and may have done his World Cup chances um, like a, a mischief. I, I'm not entirely sure if he'll make the World Cup now um, after that performance um, on Saturday. Um, so yeah, Cherry came on and then Cherry grabbed that try and put us ahead after we thought Kinghorn had done it. Um, and, uh, and then Finn... But actually, and then Finn kicked the penalty, and then actually, what probably for me was a bigger deal than those the, the comeback, the tries, the points scoring, the running, was the last three, four minutes of the game where we got into penalty trouble. Um, O'Keefe was pinging us for things. As I say, I don't think, I don't think O'Keefe had a bad game, but I don't think he was right on the penalty against Nell in the scrum. Because I sit behind, was sitting behind that goal, and I could see the French player's butt, you know, out the side of the scrum. And he certainly wasn't right about the Richard Gray not rolling away. Because when you looked at from where we were sitting, we could see that um, that Wookie basically had um, Richie Gray in a, like a sort of form of ankle lock um, he wasn't twisting his ankle or anything but he had him in a form of ankle lock where Richie Gray couldn't roll um, and I think obviously it was good gamesmanship by Wokey but you know, O'Keefe was at the side it was happening um, any, in any event that led to the um, to some penalty trouble but the, the ferocity in defence, the mall defence and you know normally you think they're going to get a mall, they're going to score because that's still a powerful pack from France. It might be missing some of their big players. That is a powerful French pack, and we knocked them back in the malls like, actually, just sent them the other way. And um, we couldn't get on the ball, um, unfortunately, but we knocked them back in it. Um, I think Cummins coming on actually really helped that because you could see that he was angling it like the way he was coming into the mall, he was coming in from the right position, but the way he was putting his body in, he was getting sort of almost breaking them all. Uh, we used to call it a training, uh, try to peel the onion. So you try to get players off them all so they have to retreat round and obviously they lose more feet on the ground pushing them all. So I, I thought it was the mall defence was particularly good. Now, obviously, one of the things is that South Africa and Ireland have now seen this so they know we can they can try and counter it. But it that was good. And then the tackles were good. The players were getting round the corner. They were making tackles. And then that man, Rory Darge, what a what a defensive stop by him, and what a time to come with a turnover and put his head where it hurts and just get that ball out of there. Um, I think if Rory Darge doesn't go to the World Cup, it's a travesty. Um, I'm being quite honest with you. Um, after his two performances, I know that people he was maybe a little bit hit and miss in the first game, pressure of being captain and stuff. But you know he came up with those turnovers and those big tackles in that situation too. Um. So that that was to me the big the big refreshing thing is that normally you'd have seen Scotland fold in those situations, but we had fourteen men on the park, and we held France out at the end. And yeah, albeit say what you like about the French players that were selected or whatever, they're good professional rugby players. Um, so 
yeah, that was the that was the thing that sort of said to me, right, there's a little bit of hope here. Um, the first half of the we played like the first half of the whole game. I think to be honest with you, I would have probably torn up my Georgia ticket, um, <laughs> just giving it a miss. Um, so um, that brings us, I suppose, to nicely to talk about the next French game. So I don't know what France are going to do. Um, I don't know if they'll bring in frontline players because they're playing at home. Um, they'll want to get a win. I presume you know they're going into their, their home World Cup. They don't want to go into that with losses to Scotland at home. Um, I don't think Scotland should should try and roll the dice and experiment. If they were going to do that, um, the, the the way the schedule has worked out for this World Cup um, warm ups, that was you know you can't you don't want to be doing that against France as particularly. You don't want to go into the World Cup feeling like you got smashed by France. And I think that's a possibility if you put the team out that played against Italy um, and they put out their first team, I think it's a possibility that you're going to get a number done on you. And I don't think we have the wherewithal with the team that we played against Italy to to, to claw our way back into it in any shape or form. Um, that said, I think there's a number of positions that have got questions. And, and this is where I think... One of the important things about it, or one of the bonuses of Xander's ban comes in. Xander is going to get banned for at least two to three weeks. He could get three weeks and then get a week off for that tackle school, which means he could play against South Africa, which would be awesome, uh, which would be good for us to have that option. He might not, which means that we're going to have to not only start Nell, um, who's quite clearly our number two tighthead, but we're also going to have to um, expose either Yavin Sebastian or Murphy Walker to playing the Springboks in Marseille. So for me, the, the, the bonus of this is that now Townsend has to expose one of them to France away um, and give that tight head depth exposure to that. I don't have the same concern about loose head because it, although... You have Pierre Schumann, who's our clear number one right now, and Batty, and then I think Batty's probably number two, and then Sutherland. I don't feel that if Batty or or Schumann weren't available for a game, that Sutherland would come in and the, would feel too much pressure. He's played for the Lions. He's a, you know he's played at a high level, um, already, but Sebastian and and uh, Murphy Walker haven't, so. I think that that's the one positive for me, and if you take any positive away from Xander Ferguson getting banned, um, then then that's a positive for me. Um, the other thing I would say is that a lot of people are kicking off on you know on Twitter about how he's a liability. Now he, he does get penalty. I think he probably averages at least one penalty a game. That's true. Um, he, he and people are saying he's one person even went as far as to say he's the worst player to ever pull on the shirt, which is just utter nonsense. Yes, does he need to think about his discipline? Because he did give away a couple of stupid penalties before that as well. Um, yes, absolutely. But is he our best tight head prop? Well, maybe not scrummaging wise. Maybe you could argue that's nil. But certainly in the loose, um, he and on balance, he is our best tight head prop. So we can't afford to lose him um, altogether. And the red card, whilst unfortunate, it's a rush of blood to head, is something he needs to learn from, though, because that actually was worse than the Wynn Jones one. The Wynn Jones one, at least Wynn Jones actually moved. Um, so, yeah, there's a positive there to Xander being banned. 
in terms of length of ban, he better plead guilty this time um, because it was a 100% red card. Everybody around me in the stadium, all Scottish fans, that's a red card. Um, so he has to plead guilty to it this time and he has to hope um, that in doing so, they'll maybe offer him tackle school, which you don't think he, he didn't get um, when he got banned the last time. So hopefully he'll be able to do that. And if that could bring it from three to two, then he'll get back for the South Africa game. If it doesn't, then he's back for the Tonga game um, and he misses the South Africa game. I still think he goes to the World Cup unless he gets a ridiculous six-match ban that's not mitigated or whatever, and in which case he misses the whole thing. And then you're going to have to fire up the old um, bat signal for Darcy Ray or Murray McCallum or Angus Williams or insert other tight head that doesn't hasn't played much for Scotland. I wonder what Ewan Murray's doing um, these days. Uh, so um, hopefully he's back and hopefully we, we take that with the sort of, you know, um, people stop with the silly takes that we don't need them or whatever because if we get absolutely smashed, um, so, I mean, or we have to put Nell through 80 against South Africa, we're going to be in a really tough spot because Nell, it's got an engine and stuff, but he's 37 years old. He's played a lot of rugby I'm not entirely sure that he, you know he's going to have in the tank to play a full eighty against uh, South Africa. Um, the other issue, obviously, we've got um, before we look at who I'd maybe pick for the squad is is Ben White. Ben White is um, I don't know what his injury will be. We guess we'll find out. Um, I'm recording this the day after. Um, but Ben White, um, for me, was probably Scotland's number one scrum half. Um, going to this World Cup I, I think that now that he's been hurt I think you should bring in either a Velicott or a Steele or um, a Chapman or something just to run with the squad I'm not saying that they should take the place of Dobie or Price um, I've said what I've said about Dobie I, I do feel that given the rugby he's played um, he potentially shouldn't be in the squad um, because he's played a lot of time in wing for glass he's not played masses of rugby as far as I can see um, coming in you know, into this off season, um, but he's there. He's he's running with the squad. I just think it's helpful. I think it's always a good idea that if one more of them go down, because you're looking at three scrum halves for the World Cup, one more of those players goes down, uh, Price or or Horn or or Doby, then you're bringing somebody in who's a bit colder. You should bring them in now, um, and even if they don't play in any of the warm up games, they're at least with the squad, um, and ready to take part if need be. Um, so with. Whatever whether White's injury is just a kind of day to day thing or not, I think he should stay out the France game, um in in France and we should get George Horn to start there, um and uh, and then maybe I think if you if if he is possibly going to go to the World Cup, I think you have to give Dobie some exposure to that France game, um, so that's that. Uh, in terms of who I pick for the France game, um I think I'd give Batty the start, uh just purely on the basis of, um giving him experience as a starter in case Skooming goes down and Batty seems to be the number two choice um, I would probably stick Dave Cherry in to start the game um, which feeling um, which feeling uh, McAnally um, I'd have Turner on the bench either way so I know that sounds daft but Turner's kind of our starting um, hooker but it'd be good to have him as a little bit of an impact in this game and settle things down at the end I think you want to see who maybe is number two out of Cherry and McAnally because I think Ashman's probably played himself out. Um, I thought he was, in terms of fundamentals, was pretty rubbish. 
um, against France at the weekend. Um, Tighthead, um, I think I would leave Neil on the bench and probably start Sebastian, who scrummaged pretty well against Italy, see what he can do, and then have Neil as a possible come on, see what see how well he can play. Um, locks a. Eh? Now, if Cammy Henderson's if there's thoughts that he might go to the World Cup, or if this was just about getting him a wee bit of exposure with a view that the Six Nations is in, then I think that's a choice you have to make as to whether or not because he needs time to show what he can do at international level. Personally, I don't think it's the time to do it. I think we we need to get ourselves eyes on France. I think we can get out of that group if we you know if we get hot, and we need to be playing our best players as much as possible. So I'd start Richie Gray. Personally, I'd have Cummins um, play with him or Skinner, but I'd probably say based on the last game, I'd have Cummins come on, Skinner on the bench and leave Gilchrist out. Um, I don't think Gilchrist is our number two or three lock. I think he's probably number four. Um, I think Skinner and, and Cummins offer so much more around the park. Um, back row. Now, Richie, I think, is still going to be injured, Jamie Richie, so... Um, I would change the back row slightly though. I'd like to see Darge come in. Um, I'd like to see. I think Figerson's going to go to the World Cup, and I think if Townsend is going to take eighteen forwards, then he doesn't need to look at any other back row. It's going to be Dempsey, Darge, Mesh, Ritchie, and Figerson. If he's going to take nineteen forwards, um, then he's probably. I think he could probably take one more back row. Um, and someone who can maybe cover second row if need be. So I think if I was him for this France game, I would have Bayless in and give Fagerson a rest, who's played two full games um, in the warm-ups at six. Um, I'd keep Dempsey in at eight, and I'd have Darge at seven to start the game. Um, to give Bayless a bit of a chance in a fuller game, who I thought came on played quite well against Italy, to see if he could be your your like your fifth or sixth um back row option, um it's the last chance to maybe look at him before you pick the squad the week after. Um, at nine I think Horn should start and I think you start with, um Finn Russell at ten. Um, even though it's still a warm up game, I think if Russell's going to go to the bench or something, it should maybe be against Georgia. Um, centers. I'd start Cammy Redpath, um, personally, and see what he can do. I think I would start him, and I'd quite like to see. We've now seen him with Jones, and there was a bit of chemistry there. I'd like to now maybe see him with Sione at thirteen, um, to see how that combo runs, um, as a potential option in the World Cup. I think Cameron Redpath has, based on the two games he's had, played himself in the World Cup squad, um, and then at back three, I think I'd give Kinghorn one another start at um, fullback. I uh, appreciate that you've got Smith there and you want to give him exposure, but I think you give Kinghorn that that option. You keep Kinghorn there with Smith on the bench. Um, and then um, Darcy, I think arguably you might rest him or put him on the bench. Um, Duhan probably needs a lot, another game. So maybe Duhan and, and Kyle Steen. Um or maybe you bring in McConaughey, see what he can do, or, or Kyle Rowe. Um, I think probably on balance, I would I would um, like to see Kyle Rowe get another, another run out of wing 
um, with Duhan. Um, bench then, um, as I said, Turner. Um, I think you can um, put Schumann on the bench in this case. Uh, Nell uh, on the bench. Um, second row um, would be the loser of Skinner and Cummins. Um, back row, uh, I'd like to see um, Mish on the bench um, to come in for Darge or come in with come on with Darge unless you know if Richie's fit then he should maybe play um, scrum half on the bench. Um, I think given that White's injured and that um, there's a chance then that Jamie Doby will be going to the World Cup. I think Jamie Doby needs to go on the bench for this game. Might get more experience with the squad. Healy should be on the bench for me um, to come on, maybe kick the corners at the end of the game if we're closing it out. Maybe kick for points if we're closing it out. Um, and then I think the it's either Ollie Smith or Kyle Steen in the 23 jersey. Um, I would on balance probably pick um, a... All, uh, Kyle Stain because he can cover centre and, and um, I think he has played a bit of fullback too so you've got like an option there for him to do that um, also remember that Healy's played fullback too so uh, for for Munster so he can he could maybe try and cover he could cover there um, I don't think Hastings is necessary I don't know what the situation is in terms of being fit but I think Healy it's probably more important to give Healy game time than Hastings Right away, if you're gonna, if he's gonna go to the World Cup with you, um, so that yeah, that's my twenty three. Uh, I don't know what you guys think of that. Um, you can let me know. Um, personally, uh, I think when we go, <laughs> I would suspect that France will be a little bit more dangerous, um, in France than they were here. I think they'll pick a better squad. Um, you never know. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll, um, they'll pick a. a you know, a slightly weakened squad, but I think we'll see at least Intermac back. Um, I'm not sure if they'll put Dupont in. I'd like. I think if I'm French, I'd quite like to give Saran, the uh, Baptiste Saran, a, a bit more of a run out. So maybe they'll not bother putting him in. Um, but yeah, I think I expect that we can beat France away, if and only if um, we play like we did in the second half and can squeeze. You defend really well. You need to be able to defend really well with the French and starve them of ball. Um, kicking kicking straight down the throat of well, it probably won't be um, Doolan, it'll probably be um, Ramos uh, or Jamini that's a fullback um, as even, that's even worse, kicking down their throat and straight into their arms which we've done a lot on Saturday uh, can't happen or they're going to kill us um, and if Penno's back you don't want to keep kicking to a fullback who's going to try and bring him into play so you, we need to be able to kick a fine grass which is why I think Healy is important to have Healy on the bench because if that's not happening then you know Healy can come on now does he come on for Finn Russell or does he come on for Cammy Redpath or Sione or whatever and, and Finn Russell pushes out to, to 12 yeah that can happen um, but I think you know looking at it from my perspective I think you, you, you've got to um, have Healy there as that option um, because I think he, I, I don't think Healy's as boring attack like non-running threat that people think he is. But equally, I think he has clearly got this ability to spiral kick the leather off the ball that we've not had at ten for a long time. You know, I know that Russell's not he's not a bad kicker, but there was very little distance on most of his kicks um, over the course of the weekend. So uh, over the course of Saturday, 
um, his kicks to the touch and stuff were pretty pants. So it's good to have that point of difference if we're struggling with what we're doing. In any event, um, thanks for listening. Um, I'll be back after the France-Scotland game next week with another review um, another look forward at the 33. Um, maybe try and get a guest for that one so it's not just me talking at you. Um, and thanks so much. Cheers. <laughs>